Amen. We'll get the youth group, the young people to sing in a minute before we dismiss or in a little bit before we dismiss. I want you to take your Bibles tonight. I want you to go to the book of Galatians this evening, Galatians and the first chapter. If you've got your Bible, I hope you do. I hope you bring your Bible to church. Uh, uh, I hope we teach our young people to bring their Bible to church. Uh, I, I, I don't know tonight, and I know some people have church Bibles and house Bibles, and, and you do what, what you've seen necessary. Uh, I'll tell you what I like. Uh, I like getting my Bible out of the house, putting it under my arm. Maybe that's preference. I don't know. I can't, I can't give you a verse on it. Uh, but I like carrying it to the car. Uh, I don't have any neighbors, but if I did, I'd want them to see I was going somewhere with a Bible. And I like getting out of the church and carrying it into the church. Uh, now, some people would disagree with me. You're welcome to. Uh, uh, but I, I believe tonight we ought to love our Bible. I believe we ought to respect our Bible. I believe we ought to honor the Word of God. And uh, I, I believe tonight that we ought to give much emphasis uh, on the Word of God this evening. Uh, i tell you something else I like, and I know we're living in different days, and, and, and maybe half of you do this, and I'm not knocking you, and again, I don't have verse uh, to back up what I'm going to say. Maybe it's preference, so you take it however you want. Uh, I, I heard years ago someone said something that stood out to me. Now, we all have Bible apps on our, on our phones, uh, and we, we can all read the Bible app on our phones, but uh, one lady said this, she said, uh, she said, my kids don't know I'm reading my Bible on my phone. They may think I'm surfing the web or shopping online. And, and she said, I like getting the Bible out and reading the Bible, turning the pages. My children know that I'm not on Facebook, they know that I'm not on social media, but they know that I'm in the Word of God. And uh, I think that's a big deal tonight. And uh, I love this book. Aren't you grateful for your Bible this evening? And uh, I'm grateful. And I am grateful that I do have it on my phone and I use it quite often. Uh, but it should not replace, uh, in my opinion, uh, it should not replace in every setting uh, these 66 books on paper. Uh, there's something about the rustling of the leaves that sounds unlike any other book. Y'all can talk back to me tonight. It sound, there's not another book you've got that sounds like this book. There's not another book you've got that feels like this book. And it's precious tonight. And I love the Lord and I thank Him for it. If you'll give me a little bit more monitor up here, Brother Tripp, I would appreciate it tonight. Now, I've given you my, my preference and you can take it or leave it and that don't bother me whether you take it or leave it or not. That's between you and the Lord. But, but now we're going to get over my preference and I'm going to give you doctrine going to give you Bible that you can take and you better believe it. You better believe it. Uh, it will set you free. It will set your home free. This book tonight. Uh, Galatians chapter 1. Let's stand a minute. Will you stand with me and uh, we'll read a few verses tonight. Galatians chapter number 1 this evening and verse number oh, chapter 1 and verse number 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who hath raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me under the churches of Galatia, 
Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, there's Paul's salutation. There's Paul's introduction. He has introduced himself. He has introduced the Lord Jesus. He has spoken a word to those at Galatia. Now, to the heart and the meat of the uh, message. And he does not take long uh, introducing himself and introducing his thought until he gets right to the heart of the message. Uh, and I believe tonight that the heart of his message was so important that it brought uh, several emotions. As you read the book of Galatians, you can see some frustration, some concern, some anger, some sadness, some confusion uh, in his heart as to why uh, they have uh, turned in their mind and in their thinking to bad doctrine. Uh, look in verse number six. Here's the accusation to the Galatian church. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ. You're removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. And he clarifies which, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God or do I seek to please men for if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Lord Jesus, help us now for a little bit, please. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Thank you for standing with me. Uh, Brother Tripp, if you'll just give me a touch more monitor, I'm going to try just to talk tonight. and uh, That would help me, please. Uh, I, I'm going to give you several verses this evening, I, a bunch of them. Uh, a bunch of verses uh, to try to combat some bad doctrine. Uh, not tonight necessarily bad doctrine uh, that is imminent or evident here, but bad doctrine that I promise you, if you've been saved more than a day or two, you have, uh, you have come encounter and come in contact with this bad doctrine. Uh, and not only through other people, but through your own thinking. There is a, a way that seemeth right unto a man, and the end thereof are the ways of destruction, the end thereof are the ways of death. Uh, and so I want to combat some of that bad doctrine. Maybe preach or teach tonight on this thought, uh, beware of bad doctrine. Beware of bad doctrine. Uh, the Bible said in 1 Timothy chapter 4, if you are taking notes, you might want to write down a couple of these verses. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly 
that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That there would come a time that the Spirit of God says, or the Spirit of God teaches us that there would come a time in the latter times uh, that some shall depart from the faith and they shall give heed, they shall listen, they shall buy into seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Uh, I'm gonna make a statement to you tonight and I hope that you'll amen this. Uh, I, 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 I hope I don't have to beg for it. Uh, I'm gonna make a statement to you tonight. I hope you'll believe it. I trust that you will. Uh, and I hope you'll agree with it uh, emphatically this evening. Uh, there is not many ways to God. There are not many ways to heaven. Uh, there are not multiple avenues to salvation. There's one way. It's through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. You'll not get there on your own accord. You'll not get there on your own ability. You'll not get there on your own notions or precepts or principles. You'll come by the way of the cross or you'll not come at all. You'll come by the blood of the Lord Jesus or you'll not enter in at all. There's one way, one way. I don't care what the preacher down the road says. I don't care what new age philosophy says. I don't care what secularism teaches or humanism teaches. There's one God, there's one heaven, and there's one way to get there, and it's through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, where, and I don't have to argue this with you, probably, hopefully, you say, where do you get that? I get that through the word of God tonight. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's one way. Uh, and so there's, why would devils and seducing spirits try to teach other ways? Uh, because God is not the author of confusion, uh, but we know who is. Uh, and I believe tonight men have always been confused, uh, but I believe men are especially confused uh, in the day and time that we live in now. They are especially conf uh, confused uh, and they are giving heed uh, in multitudes uh, to doctrines of seducing spirits and devils. First uh, John chapter four and verse number one, or I'm sorry, Second Timothy chapter three and verse number 13, the Bible said, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Uh, the Bible speaks of a time, Paul writes to Timothy, he said, there'll come a day when evil men and seducers will continually get worse and worse, more and more. They will wax worse and worse, uh, deceiving and being deceived. Uh, you say, preacher, how could somebody lie to me uh, like that? Uh, notice what the Bible said. They are deceived uh, or they are deceiving and being deceived. There's a lot of folks who believe the lie and the propaganda that they are preaching because they themselves have been deceived and now that one that has been deceived is 
teaching a doctrine of devils to others and not all of them even recognize it or know it. Uh, but if you, if, you, if you build a religion, if you build a doctrine, if you build a, a basis of faith that is contrary to this book, then automatically you have to discredit this book and say, well, we can't take the Bible accurately. And then you leave truth up to your own opinion or you take the viewpoint of we believe this Bible dogmatically. We stand upon every word in the word of God and my opinion don't amount to a hill of beans uh, in comparison with the word of God. Uh, and we've got folks that say, well, I know what the Bible said, but you know, I feel this way. I know what the Bible said, but let me talk to you about my truth. You don't want to hear about my truth tonight and I don't want to hear about your truth tonight because uh, let God be true and every man a liar. For all of sin and come short of the glory of God, if you want to talk to me about what I think, well, I, my mind is just as messed up as yours apart from the word of God. My reason, my ability to reason can be just as off as anybody else's. And so I'm glad tonight I do have the authority of the word of God and I believe it wholeheartedly. I believe it with all that is within me. I believe it dogmatically. I believe it fanatically. You say, preacher, can you really be that dogmatic about the word of God? I don't know what you're going to do, but I am dogmatic about the word of God. Preacher, can you really be, you mean to tell me you're one of them Bible thumpers through and through? I mean, red-blooded, Bible-carrying, Bible-believing, Bible-loving child of God tonight. I believe this book. I have a hard time doing everything it says, but I believe it. I, I don't even, I don't even always, and I, I, I know you're not gonna understand this maybe, but I think you will. I don't even always like when God talks to me through it because sometimes he says hard things, but I even believe the hard things. I believe it tonight, dogmatically, fanatically, uh, and you're gonna have to be that way or you're gonna put yourself in the running you're gonna put yourself in the avenue of being deceived by deceivers. Uh, there are people tonight that, uh, that believe with everything they've got uh, that, they're, uh, that they're here by mistake, uh, that they are here uh, because uh, they evolved to this condition uh, and that if they don't do something, the whole world is in their hands and they've got to fix everything. And if they don't fix it by 2025, then all of it's coming crashing down. And you can believe that if you want to tonight. It's a free country, uh, but I'm glad this evening. Thank God it's not all in my hands. It's not all up to me. It's not in my control. And it's not up to left up to some greater power of this sort or that sort, but there is a God in heaven. And he's got a capital G on the first part of his name. And there is none beside him. There is none like him. There is none other than him. He is God and he is good at being God. And he's in control and he's got all of this in his hand. And God is going to take care of all that he set out to take care of. You can just believe that. Thank God tonight for this book. 
the Bible said in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, and these are a lowercase s, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Uh, there's doctrines of devils, seducing spirits, and false prophets that are gone out into the world. And here is the edification. Here is the exhortation. Here is the encouragement from the word of God. Don't you brethren, don't you beloved, don't you child of God, believe every lowercase spirit that comes along and moves your lowercase spirit, but try that lowercase spirit and see whether it be of God. You say, how do I try that spirit? By comparing what it says to what this says by comparing what it says to what the capital S Spirit says through the Scripture, the Word of God. Try the spirits. You, we don't operate off of feelings tonight. Uh, well, preacher, I, you know, I was skeptical, but man, I mean, that really moved my spirit. Uh, the other night, I'm not going to tell you what I was watching, but I was watching a show with my wife, and, a, and, a, and something happened in that show, and it was all I could do to hold back the tears. It was all I could do to keep from crying, and I probably would have if she hadn't have been there, but she was, and I didn't want her to know that her show had nearly brought me to tears. Uh, I, I, I mean, it moved my spirit, uh, and, I, I, and I'm not against that. But I wouldn't call that religion. I wouldn't call that of God. I wouldn't call that a doctrine that I want to put my faith in just because it moved my foot or it moved my heart or it moved my mind. There are things that are, that are built around the moving of your emotions. The moving, that's why they make movies. That's why they make shows to bring you to laughter, to bring you to anger, to bring you to sadness, to bring you to joy. They do those things to play upon yours and, and, and uh, your, uh, you and me and our emotions. But that's not necessarily the Spirit of God because you cried. It's not necessarily the Spirit of God because you felt excitement. It's not necessarily the, the Spirit of God because you sensed something or you felt something or you got goosebumps. I'm not against them, but that's not what you base salvation on. That's not what you base doctrine on. That's not what you base religion on. That's not what you base what you're going to raise your family on. You base it on the Word of God. Does it line up with this book? Does anybody hear me tonight? Does it line up with the Word of God? If not, I, I am going to be weary of it and careful of it and skeptical of it. If so, I'm going to jump right in the middle of it. It and hold on tight. Either I want all of it or I want none of it. That ought to be our opinion tonight when it comes to doctrine. What is doctrine? It is teaching. It is, it is, it is truth that is being taught. And there are doctrines of devils being taught as truth, but they're error. Um the book of Galatians, Paul gets word, and I'm not preaching through the book of Galatians, but I've got three thoughts, and I'm probably only going to give you one of them tonight. 
and, and I'm going to just give you the bad doctrine and then give you 20 verses that, that absolutely blow it out of the water. Um, there are three bad doctrines, two primarily and one uh, on the side that he deals with. Uh, that individual, but the Bible does deal with that other one uh, in different places. Uh, there's three of them. These folks are Christians. They've been saved. Uh, and Paul gets word that there is a group of individuals has come into the church at, at Galatia and they have begun to spread this false teaching. And Paul is outraged by it. He's angry uh, about it. And, and bad doctrine ought to outrage you. Uh, you ought to get angry tonight uh, that in our town that they're peddling swing bicycles around, teaching people that there's 144,000 can get in and everybody else is in trouble and all you can do is hope that you're one of that crowd that can get in. That ought to enrage you tonight. I understand there are people and people need to be preached to and I, I believe tonight if you get the opportunity to witness to one, then witness to them. But I wouldn't let my kids sit next to me and enter into debate with a fool like that. If you're going to do that, close the door and send the children in another room if you're going to debate them. But they don't have the right to stand on my porch and spread bad doctrine that is anti-Bible in the hearing of the people who live in my home. Uh, they don't get a platform at Crossroads Baptist Church. They, they don't get a pulpit at Crossroads Baptist Church. There, there are people that claim to be Baptists. They claim to, 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 to know God, but they don't believe in the inerrancy of the Word of God. They believe that this book was written by men and it has error, and so you just take what you can and leave what you can't, and that'll be all right. They don't get a platform in my life. They don't get a platform with my children. They don't get a platform at our school. We're not trying to be all-inclusive. They don't get a platform in our church because we we're not, we're not entertaining bad doctrine. We're, we're going to stand on the word of God and preach that. Uh, Paul felt the same way. He was angry about it. Um, there are a lot of things designed to look good that are not necessarily that way. Uh, and the truth of the matter is, is there are things that none of us really know unless you're there and involved or unless you have heard. Or, and there are a whole lot of doctrines that we just kind of say, well, you know, I mean, they're just, they're just good folks like we are. And you really don't even know that tonight. Uh, you, 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 you really don't even know. And, and, and man, I don't want to come across like I'm being uh, 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 critical of everybody, but I'm being critical of bad doctrine. Uh, I, I'm not, um, I, I, I'm not, there, there are churches that I'm not ever going to take my children to. Uh, and, and they may say they believe there's a God in heaven. They may say that they believe that Jesus died on the cross. But if they don't have their salvation doctrine lined up according to the word of God, I'm not, I'm not going to even entertain letting them try to indoctrinate people. It's just not worth it. Are you understanding what I'm saying tonight? 
Well, we just got to balance these children out. We just got to be balanced. We got to, we got to, we got to, you know, uh, we don't want to be too hard or too loose. We just got to be balanced. And, and, and everybody says that. And what they really mean by that is we just don't want to make a stand anywhere. And what the truth of the matter is, is the Lord Jesus is not balanced. He's on the right side every time. He's not a little bad and a little good and he's somewhere in the middle. He's always on the side of right. He's always on the side of truth and there is no balance with him. Either you're, and as a matter of fact, Jesus said it. He said, you're either for me or you're against me. I, I don't believe in a little bit of evolution and a little bit of creation. You're either for him or you're against him. You're for the word of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's either that simple or it's not. There's no balance. Well, I believe a little of this and believe a little of that. There's some bad doctrine. And we didn't know enough truth tonight to be able to be able to at least know where we stand. You may not win a debate with your neighbor, but at least you know in your heart here's where I believe and why I believe it. And it got nothing to do with that's what my grandma believed. And I love grandma, but most of us believe what we believe because that's what grandma believed. Well, my grandma went to Baptist church. I, I, I talked to a man the other day. God bless his heart. He was a deacon in a, in a Baptist church and, and someone died in his family and he, and he said, uh, he asked me to pray for the deceased loved one that died in his family. I, I'm going to tell you something tonight. There ain't an ounce of Bible to back that up. We have lived to see the day when the Bible don't matter to nobody. And the Bible doesn't matter to anybody. Nobody, nobody cares what the Bible it is, what grandma said. What, is anybody hearing me tonight? Paul said, I, I got something to say to y'all. And I want to deal with some bad doctrine. Here's the three, here's the three, uh, at, at least that are mainly dealt with in Galatians. Number one, and I'm going to deal with this one tonight. And I don't think we're dealing with this at all, but I, I feel like you need to be reinforced. Here's the first doctrine, uh, and it's a bad one. Um, and Paul combats that, and not just the book of Galatians, but in several of his letters, and I'll give you several verse and, ver, verses. But, but, but the sal here's the first error, or the first error-filled doctrine. Salvation comes from works or human effort. Uh, simply put, I must work my way into the goodness of God. That is a terrible unscriptural, unbiblical doctrine. Uh, here's the, and, and, and here's what the word would be called to describe that. And I'll go back and talk about it in a minute. Legalism. That's legalism. Legalism is not what carnal Baptists claim it is. Carnal Baptist says legalism is anybody with a standard. <laughs> well, they're a legalist. 
You can have as many standards as you want to and as long as you're right between you and the Lord, as long as your heart is right and your conscience is right, I, I implore you to get all the standards that you want to have and if you can go to bed at night and say, I did what I did for the Lord, I did what I did because I felt God wanted me to do that. There is nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, there's a Bible word that describes it. It's called personal sanctification. That God just might come by your way and say, you know, you ought to quit doing that. We still believe that, don't we? Most folks don't. You come to our church, we'll not talk to you about anything you ought to quit doing. Is the slogan of many of our day. You come to our church, we'll not handle any of the difficult situations. I'll be honest with you not, I'm not trying to put standards on you. I'll let the Holy Ghost do that, and I believe you all listen to him if he talks to you. But that's having a standard, having a personal conviction. That's not legalism. Carnal Baptist made that up. Here's what legalism is. I can do something to earn myself a place in the presence of God. I can do something to please God enough that he might let me into heaven. That is salvation by works. It's legalism. It's a terrible doctrine. And Paul refutes it. Here's the, here's the next bad doctrine. We may deal with that next Wednesday night. Because I'm saved, I have a license to sin. Uh, you, don't see, you, don't, you don't see a whole lot of people preaching this, probably where you're hanging out. But there's a whole lot of people preaching this. God's not interested in changing anything in your life. He just don't want you to go to hell. Well, if he didn't want you to go to hell... When he saved you, if that was all he saved you for, he didn't want you to go to hell. When he saved you, he'd immediately take you to heaven. As a matter of fact, God is actually interested in doing something in your life. God is actually interested in bringing you out of sin. God's actually interested in giving you life worth living, abundant life. As a matter of fact, he said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. There's a terrible doctrine that God is not interested in, in changing any, and, and, and folks who say, well, we, 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 you know, we, we're, we're, we're saved by grace through faith and, and God's never going to ask anything of you. That's not true tonight. There's nothing I've got to work to do to get saved Nothing I've got to work to do to get saved, but I still got James in my Bible. And the book of James said that if I did in fact get saved, that that faith will be followed up by some works. And when we tell folks, it don't matter if you've never actually lived for God, you're saved. You know, when somebody comes to the Lord Jesus, what I'm going to tell them, uh, did you come to him? Yes, he saved you. Based on your testimony, did you come to him? Yes, I came to him. Did you come to him in faith, believe in him? Yes, I did. Well, then believe what he said. He saved you. But you know what I'm going to tell somebody that comes to me and they said 30 years ago, I, I asked God to save me, but I never went to church. I never, I never read my Bible. I never prayed. I never desired a relationship with God. I never wanted to live for God. Do you know what I'm going to tell them? You probably believed, believed a bad doctrine. And what you need to do is come to God by faith and say, all I I have, I give to you. Take my life and save me. Are you hearing me tonight? 
some bad doctrine. Here's the third one I want to address, and maybe not tonight, probably not tonight. Number one, salvation is of works. Number two, salvation grants us a license to sin. The first one would be legalism. The second would be a false liberty. Oh, I'm saved. I can do whatever I want. I can, I can commit adultery, fornication, all those things. God don't care. He's good with that. They don't sound like somebody who got saved. Somebody who got saved can do every bit of that, and while they're doing all of that, if, if, they're, if, they're, if they're His, they have His Spirit convicting them, and they know it's a shameful thing. Uh, here's the third bad Salvation comes by grace, but it is kept by works. That was the primary problem at, at Galatia. I came to God and by faith, I put my faith in Him and He saved me by grace, but now that I'm saved, I've got to do something to keep it. And you hear that doctrine. How, how, many, you've heard, how many of you have heard at least one of those three that I, I gave to you tonight? Would you slip your hand up if you've heard at least in your life one of those three? All right, thank you. Most of you, if not all of you. I remember years ago, uh, and, and, and when I say this, man, it is no... Uh, my mother is doing extraordinarily good now. She's in a good church. She is growing. She is praying. She is prospering spiritually. God is blessing her. And I'm so grateful. Man, that thrills my soul what the Lord is doing for my mother. She's married to a good man. God's blessed. I mean, I'm, I'm getting excited tonight and just talking about what God has done for my mom. And, and I bless the Lord for our mom. I bless the Lord for what he's done. But I remember being a little boy, and I remember sitting in the back seat of the car, and I remember, I remember we left church that one Sunday, and I don't remember what the preacher had preached, Brother Herschel Hicks. I don't remember what he had preached, but it had some kind of an impact on my mom. And I remember riding down the road and my mom saying to my dad, do you really believe that you can't lose your salvation? And I remember my dad saying, yeah, well, I was taught, I believe that. And I remember my mom saying something like this, but how can somebody go out and get drunk? Or how can somebody go out and live in sin? How can somebody go out and commit murder and God say, okay, you can come into heaven? And she was sincerely puzzled by that. I remember being a little boy hearing that. And I remember questioning that myself. Is, that, is there any truth to that? And see, here's the problem that you and I run into tonight, that we are emotional beings and we take everything into consideration through the avenue of our emotions and we take everything into consideration through the avenue of our reason. But my ways are not God's ways. And God's ways are not my ways. And one thing that I would say off the top of the hand that she missed out on is this much. Uh, that, that uh, number one, when God saves you, he changes your desires. And so the likelihood of a really, truly born-again Christian committing murder is very unlikely. But I would say that possibly you could get so far out in sin and depravity after you've been saved, you backslide on God that you could make a, you could make a terrible mistake, case in point, David. But if you're his, 
The story's not been over yet. It's not done being written yet. God knows how to deal with his. God knows how to whip his. God knows how to parent those that are his. I guess you could take that same logic and say this, that I am a Williams, and if I go out and I run my family's name down, I will die a Williams because I've got Williams' blood flowing through my veins. Well, about 30 years ago, the blood of the Lord Jesus was applied to my heart, and it is there. I am his by blood. I am his by adoption. I am his by marriage. There's a terrible doctrine but we don't go off of our emotions to combat it. And we don't believe, here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the doctrine I want to deal with tonight. Just quickly, I'll give you some verses now and we'll be done. Here's the bad doctrine. It's legalism. Salvation comes by our works or by our effort. Um, we, don't, we don't believe in eternal security because it feels good to believe it. We've got a whole lot of Bible that teaches it. And if it were not for that, my reason would say, you know, God probably might throw me away. God ought to throw me away. Oh, how many of you believe tonight if God did what ought to be done, we would be thrown away. But I'm not going off of what I think or what I feel or even what I hope. I'm going off of what he said. And faithful is he that promised. He will perform it. Uh, so here's the verses that combat that. I hope you'll write them down. I, I'm going to read them to you, expound on them quickly, and let you go to the house. Uh, Romans chapter number 3 tonight. And there's several of them in the book of Galatians, and we'll look at them too. But Romans chapter number 3 tonight. Let's see. It's 7.50. If you'll give me about 10, 12 more minutes, we'll be done, all right? Uh, Romans chapter number 3, verse number 10. All right, we're combating, we're talking about uh, the bad doctrine. Paul said there are some that would pervert the gospel and preach another gospel, another message, another doctrine. And part of that was this. They were teaching there at Galatia that you're going to have to work your way in to get in. Uh, they got that from the old uh, Jewish system. Uh, that had come from the seed of Abraham and God had gave Israel laws. Uh, I'm going to say something to you tonight. Laws are not a bad thing. I went to Uganda, Africa several years ago and they have very few laws. Uh, and uh, when, when we got back home, I said, God, I have complained about all these laws that we have in America and I just want to thank you for the, for the lines in the road and I want to thank you for stop signs and yield signs and seat belts and I want to thank you for building codes. Uh, as I watched boys in barefoot, six stories up, swinging around on bamboo scaffolding, bamboo scaffolding, barefoot, uh, uh, working and, and I thought God one of them's going to die and, and I got home and I said Lord thank you for the laws see laws are not a bad thing and God gave Old Testament Israel laws because they were his people they were a peculiar people and he said you're not going to be like the Gentiles you're not going to be like the, uh, the Adam race uh, by itself that is 
that is uh, uh, worshiping the God of the snake, worshiping the God of the donkey, worshiping the God of society. You're not going to be burning your children in fire pits and aborting them or, or, or killing them, murdering them to sacrifice them to the false gods. And there's some things that you're not going to eat because they bring disease. And so don't eat this so you're not a diseased people. Don't do this so you're not a dead people. Don't do this so you're not an ignorant people. And all of them laws were meant to give them life. But just like people do, they thought, I wonder if I can do all of them things if God would accept me. And just like people do, one of them picked two or three of them out that they majored on and they said, well, I don't do this and I don't do this and I do this and I do that. And then they begin to rub their collar and, and tout their, their success in the life of law keeping and telling everyone else how good they were at keeping the law. Until they had built a religion on their rituals and their traditions that left out faith in God. When God started, the nation of Israel, he started it through Abraham. And Romans chapter 4 teaches us about Abraham. What saved Abraham was not circumcision and it was not the law. Neither one of those things had, had happened yet. What saved Abraham was faith. And Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for faith. God said, Abraham, if you believe me, I'll save you. And Abraham said, God, I know. And, and what he was talking about, there's coming a day, there's going to be a Savior, there's going to be a cross. He's going to come through your bloodline. And if you believe, me, I'll save you. And he didn't even explain all of that to Abraham, but Abraham said, I believe God, and God said, I saved Abraham. But like every good thing man touches, he turns it into something man can do that he can be proud of himself in doing. And by the time they get to this day, by the time they get to this point, all of the Jews are walking around talking about how they're better than the Gentiles. They're better than the Gentile dogs. They, they have kept the law from their youth. They know the first five books of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, and they are good as good can be. And God is pleased with them in their self-righteousness, which, by the way, was unrighteousness. And every last one of them was a hypocrite. And every last one, I don't care if he's a preacher, I don't care if he's a deacon or a Sunday school teacher, every last man, woman, boy, or girl that'll stand and preach to you and tell you uh, that they have figured out how to get into heaven by what they do and by the laws that they keep and the good works that they do have taken way too much responsibility on them. And they are a lying, deceived hypocrite because there's none good. Good, no, not one. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. As it is written. See, that's a good starting place. You want to get doctrine? Go to find out what is written. Are y'all still with me tonight? As it is written. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are, all, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. 
Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh, no flesh. How many of you believe your Bible tonight? By the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. You say, preacher, I know, but my grandma said that I gotta do real good if I'm gonna get into heaven. Will you tell your grandma respectfully, cause we love grandma, that Romans chapter number three and verse number 20 said, therefore, 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 by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. That throws out Roman Catholicism. I appreciate the stands that they have taken against abortion. I appreciate it, I really do. Uh, many of them. I appreciate the stand that many of them have taken uh, that marriage is between a man and a woman and against same-sex marriage. I appreciate that. I'm not denying that. I'm glad for the stands that they have taken. But when it comes to the doctrine of salvation, friend, they got it wrong. They got it wrong. They've had it wrong. They've got it wrong. There shall no flesh be justified in his sight by the deeds of the law. The law's not bad. We're not a bunch of carnal Baptists who try to throw out the law. The law's a good thing. He said, do the law. Do the thing of the law and thou shalt live. You know why God wouldn't let them eat pork and shrimp? Did you know a hog is a filthy animal that will eat anything in this world and it will eat dead things? It is as bad as a buzzard. Did you know that? It is as bad as a buzzard. It'll eat any old dead thing, disease thing and hogs carry more diseases. You know why they don't, God wouldn't let them eat shrimp? Because shrimp is the vacuum of the ocean. And it eats everything that goes down there. It cleans it up. God said, don't eat it. It wasn't because God said, now, if you're going to go to heaven, you're going to have to not eat pig. You're not going to live for me and enjoy it. If you're going to go to heaven, you can't go there on seafood. I'm not going to let you enjoy life. Ah. Ah, humbug. I'm going to tell you tonight why God said that. Because sickness and illness for century upon century killed nations. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Have you ever heard of the bubonic plague? Have you ever heard of the plagues? And do you know that there was always a group of people that it never messed with and it was those people who washed their hands? Because God said, wash your hands. And it was those people who didn't touch dead things because God said, don't touch anything dead. And if you do touch anything dead, you're going to have to get off by yourself and purify yourself for seven days before you come around anybody else because you can't contaminate. Because one person can spread it to one person and before you know it, the whole town's got it. 
You say, why are we not under that law now? Because God has a bride and that bride is set apart and we are under some laws of life that will keep us alive. But God had a peculiar, I'm never gonna get as far as I want, but God had a peculiar people that he wanted to set up to show the rest of the world, look what I can do. And, and, and not only that, but to prove that even in that, man couldn't keep enough laws to get to heaven. And every one of them was going to break it. They might not eat a pig, but if you wasn't looking, they was going to get by with something, just like all men do. God gave the law, and had they applied all up to their life, it did bring a whole lot of life. But God gave the law Prove to them you can't keep the law. And tonight, if you have believed, I don't know that we have any issues with this. I have lost church members over this. We had about 20 leave our church years ago because I preached eternal security. Can you believe that? They said, you're telling all them folks in there they got a license to sin. My response was, no, I'm telling those folks in there they got a license to live. Because if you're living to try to get in by what you can do, you are living under a burden that you'll never get up from underneath. Thank God for the night. And by faith I come to Jesus and said, I can't pray enough, I can't do enough, I can't be enough, I can't serve enough. Salvation is by faith. I wish I had time to give you all of this. Let's read on verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, we're in chapter 3 verse 21 of of Romans. Even the righteousness of God, verse 22, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus." Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith, watch this now, without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the Gentiles Yes, of the Gentiles also, seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? Do we throw the law out? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. I'm going to stop right there tonight. I didn't get any of the verses. If you want to write them down and go look at them later, I'll give them to you. I'm not going to read any more of them. Romans chapter 4 Verse 1 through 5 teaches salvation by faith alone. Romans 4, 1 through 5. Romans 4, 13 through 16. Romans 4, 13 through 16. 
Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 16. Galatians 2 verse 16. Galatians 3 verse 2 through 11. Galatians 3, 2 through 11. Galatians 3, 21 through 25. 3, 21 through 25. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 6. All these verses dealing with we are justified by faith and faith alone. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8 through 9. Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 9. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. 2 Timothy 1 and verse number 9. Titus chapter 3 and verse number 5. Two more verses tonight. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 10. Hebrews 4 and verse 10. And Hebrews lastly 9 and verse 14. And all these verses, and all of them written by the Apostle Paul, with the exception of possibly Hebrews, and I'd say he probably wrote it. Uh, All of these verses combat that bad doctrine that you can work your way in. And we'll talk maybe next week about the book of James. What is James talking about? Salvation. Are justified by works. What is he talking about? I'll talk to you about that next week. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. I hope you'll hear me. It does matter. I, I don't believe Baptists are the only one going to heaven. I believe there'll be some folks from Catholicism that'll be there. I believe there'll be some folks from the Church of God that'll be there. Sure. I believe there'll be some folks from the Baptist Church that aren't there. Just because tonight salvation is not exclusive to Baptists does not mean I'm jumping on board with everybody's doctrine. That's why I, that's why I cannot, that's why I cannot uh, hold an interdenominational meeting and would not. Because I can't, I can't, if somebody asked me to go preach, I might would preach, I'd have to ask God to give me wisdom on it and I'd go preach the Bible. But I couldn't be over something like that. Because I couldn't rightfully let a man stand in a pulpit that I had ordained and allowed to preach to people a doctrine contrary to the Word of God. There's something got to matter. There's something got to matter. And when people's talking and telling, you can work your way in, you need to work, you need to work, you need to work, they're preaching something that Paul said by the works of the flesh shall or by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified thank God tonight I got in by the grace of God for by grace are you saved through faith Lord Jesus we love you tonight we thank you God you've helped us I believe Lord if we'll take that if we'll receive that Lord you've helped us God we thank you for it tonight God bless us as we go our separate ways Uh, Lord, just a little shot uh, in the arm tonight to help us along the way. Just a Bible, just a Bible study. Lord, I love your precious word tonight. Thank you, Lord. God, meet with us on Sunday. Send folks back for the first time. 
Send them back for the second and the third and the fourth time. Save, Lord, I pray. And God, may we join together tonight and just go ahead and determine between now and Sunday we're together as a church. We're going to pray for first-time attenders and we're going to pray God will save someone. We're going to pray for second-time attenders and third-time attenders. Lord, we're going to pray folks come back. Lord, save and work. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.